Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank you, Michael. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see uh, most of your faces on the screen. If not in person, that's the next best thing. In seeking the Lord in prayer about what to share with you this morning, I was prompted to share one of the primary keys that throughout the years has helped me to stay focused on the Lord and be encouraged and strengthened in difficult and trying times. The key that I want to share with you, I have um, entitled it experiential knowledge, which comes out of our personal encounters with God. That key is what I call experiential knowledge that comes out of our personal encounters with God. If the kind of knowledge we have of God inspires and motivates us to serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind, I believe that things will go well with us regardless of what goes on in the world around us. Job 36 verse 11 said something very profound. Listen to what Job 36 11 says. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. A powerful statement. If they obey and serve him, that is serve God, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. The key here is obedience obedience to the will of God. But if we forsake God and turn our back to him, the word says we can expect trouble, turmoil, and anguish in one form or another. And Romans chapter 2 verse 8 confirms this. Listen to what Romans 2 verse 8 says through to 10. But to those who are self-seeking, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Here is a portion of scripture that encapsulates the message that I want to bring to you today. It's recorded in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. David here is speaking to his son Solomon as he is about to release the kingdom into his hands. And he says to him, among other things, as for you, my son Solomon, Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind 
for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Now, the key word in this verse of scripture is the word know. K-N-O-W. Know. David said to Solomon that if you will ever succeed as the future king of Israel, it will be because you know the God of your father. The meaning of the word know here is far broader and much deeper than just intellectual knowledge, but rather knowledge that comes out of living and tangible experiences with God. It is more experiential knowledge rather than intellectual. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now to taste is to experience. And this is the kind of knowledge that David was referring to when he said to his son, know the God of your father. He said to Solomon, I want you to know and experience the same God I have walked with all my life, the one who anointed me, the one who saved me, the one who delivered me from all my enemies, the, the God who comforted me, the God who strengthened and empowered me to this very day. If you know him as such, David said to Solomon, you will then be able to serve him with a willing mind and a loyal heart. Now, we see here that David wanted his son to experience the all-sufficient God, and out of this experiential knowledge, rule, and govern the nation he was releasing into his hands. The problem we face in the church today worldwide, I believe, and it's a major problem, is that the knowledge we have acquired of God is more intellectual rather than experiential. Many say they know God, but when it comes to personal experiences with God, they have none. This is not the kind of knowledge that comes from our personal encounters with him. Intellectual knowledge is shallow and unable to empower us in times of crisis, in times of adversity. Once a person has a personal encounter with God and experiences, I believe, his tangible presence, and he tastes of his loving kindness and mercy, he will never be satisfied with anything else. And that is the truth. A divine hunger, a spiritual thirst, I believe is placed within them, which sets them apart from anything else and anyone else and puts them on an ever pursuing course for more and more of God's presence. This is what Jesus meant when he said to the woman, in Samaria, he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, meaning natural water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. 
but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, Jesus was referring here to a spiritual experience which results from personal encounters with God's Holy Spirit. This is the secret, I believe, of the mighty men and women of God who throughout the ages, according to Hebrews chapter 11, they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained the promises of God, they stopped the mouths of the lions, they quenched the violence of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness they became strong, they became valiant in battle, and they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women, the word says, received their dead race to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Here is a question. What made these men and women such fearless individuals? that they were able to do such extraordinary things, I believe is because they have tasted and experienced the tangible presence and the power of God, which came out of their personal encounters with God. Moses' secret. What was it that made Moses such an exceptional man? What was the secret of his success and his humility? The Bible says he was the meekest man on the earth at that time. What was the key to his ability not only to understand God in the way that he understood him, but also to release God's power in such an awesome way? I believe it's because he valued these encounters with God and the presence of God in his life more than anything else and for the sake of hosting his presence he sacrificed scripture says everything that could have prevented him from experiencing god in all of his fullness he had a firm conviction i believe that without the presence of god he could do nothing by himself therefore he pursued god with all of his might in Hebrews chapter 11, we get a glimpse of his journey of faith while in Egypt and the choices that Moses made as a result of learning how to host the presence of God. Hebrews 11:24 says, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he rejected the title of a prince. He rejected the glory and the glamour of Egypt. And he chose, the word says, notice the word that the scripture uses. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for to the reward. What an amazing choice. What an amazing man. He understood 
the spiritual world. He looked and he saw the reward of obeying God, of following the Lord. And he rejected all the earthly uh, glory that Egypt and the riches and the titles and the prestige that Egypt could offer him. And it was because of such choices that he had such encounters with God. You know, we can choose how much we have of God in our lives. God has given us himself without reservations, but it is our choice how much we have of him. Paul's, again, a testimony or encounter with the Lord when on the road to Damascus ruined him for this present life. And he would not be satisfied with anything else but the fullness of God's presence and the joy as he testified of being intimately connected to the Lord. Here is part of his testimony when he writes to the church in Philippi, chapter 3, verse 7. Listen to what he says. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You see, Paul suffered, he said. He suffered the loss of worldly things, titles, his, uh, his, his prestige and uh, the titles that he gained in, in the sect of the Pharisees. He had to make sacrifice. He made choices. And he chose to suffer the loss of all these things so that he may come into this intimate experiential knowledge of Christ. There is a cost involved, but the cost, I believe, can never be compared with the rewards that we receive from the Lord. So we see here in these two giants of faith, where the values were, what they placed the values on, and what they treasured most in their lives. And this is, I believe that the reason we are not hungry for more of God today is because we are content and satisfied with just an intellectual knowledge. And because of that self-satisfaction, I believe we deprive ourselves of intimacy and the greater knowledge that comes out of experiences with God as we fellowship and as we walk with him on the road of obedience. Now, 44 years ago, exactly this month, I will never forget that night. I had my first experience with the Holy Spirit when God touched my life one evening 
at Eldorado Park in Johannesburg, and I was born again by the word of the living God. That very night, the Lord placed in my heart a divine hunger, a spiritual thirst that could not be satisfied with anything else. I had tasted that very evening of the heavenly gift, and it ruined my self-centered plans and pursuits. From that day forward, until this very day, I pursued the will of God above all else. I considered the will of God and obedience to his will and his will alone far more important than anything else in this world. And that is the truth. In that pursuit of the Lord, my experiential knowledge of God began to grow. That's what happens when you pursue God your knowledge of him begins to grow and dominate your entire life. It dominates your thought life. It dominates your actions. It dominates your, your soul, your emotions, your character. The more you pursue God, the more you will experience his presence. And from one experience to the next, and from one infilling to the next, my soul, found rest in his loving arms. I have literally experienced what Isaiah wrote about so many years ago. And this is one of my favorite verses. Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, verse 9, with my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Now, this is my testimony, and I want to share them with you, hoping that I would inspire something in your heart. These divine encounters with his presence transformed my entire way of life and the path I chose to follow. They transitioned me, first of all, out of the marketplace into a full-time ministry. I was not a preacher. I was not a pastor. All I knew to do was to run a business. That's what my father taught me. That's what he did. That's what I knew. But these experiences with God, these divine encounters, they transitioned me from the marketplace into a full-time ministry that I am in this ministry to this day. They took me from one nation to the next, from one country to the next, preaching the gospel of his kingdom. They also took me from one battle to the next, and I have experienced his ever-abiding presence, delivering me, protecting me, comforting me, and providing for me and for my family and ministry every step of the way. They brought me face to face with opposition and even fierce persecution from the hierarchy of the religious establishments. But listen, not once did I doubt the call of God or feared their threats and intimidation. Not once did I find it difficult to choose God's way above man's ways. Not once did I consider the loss greater than the reward of his presence. And I asked myself, why did I not fear? 
Why did I not retreat? Why did I not doubt the call of God when so much opposition came against me? What was the secret? And I always come up with this answer. The presence of God, which came out of my personal encounters with him. These personal encounters with the Lord enabled me to write my own story. They've empowered me to live the life that God ordained for me to live and do the works he prepared for me to do. Brothers and sisters, listen to my words. Pay attention to what the Spirit of God is endeavoring to communicate to all of us today. Unless you have your own personal encounters with God through his Spirit, and obtain your own personal experiences with him. You cannot write your own story. You cannot live your own life. And you cannot do the works God called you to do. You will end up writing a story that is not yours. Living a life that is not meant for you. And losing yourself by being occupied with things which God never intended for you to do. In short, you will have no testimony to share with anyone. You will end up speaking about the God somebody else knows, the God you read about in some book or heard someone else speak of. How precious, how valuable, how important are these personal encounters with God? What price can we put on them? Solomon said they are more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with them. I know God is faithful. I know God is good. I know God is love. I know that God is gracious and merciful and compassionate, not because the Bible says so, not because the preacher says so, but because I have tasted and experienced personally all of these attributes. That's why the word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. These are the exact words the Samaritans say to the woman who influenced them to get acquainted with Jesus when she testified to them. Listen to what they say to her. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see, the faith was not based on the testimony of someone else. But the faith was now based on Jesus himself because they have personally encountered the Lord themselves. They've seen him. They've touched him. They've heard him themselves. It wasn't the secondhand knowledge they obtained. It was a firsthand experience with their encounters with the Lord. And that's what every believer needs today, to have his own testimony through his own encounters with God. The Samaritans received a personal first-hand experience which resulted from their own personal encounters with the Lord. 
And so that which I have experienced, John says in 1 John chapter 1, that which we have heard, that which we have seen, that which we have handled, we declare to you today so that you may have fellowship with us, so that you may know the God that we know. And I share that hoping and praying that will, that will ignite or spark some hunger in your own heart. Begin your own journey of seeking God and obtaining these personal experiences with the living God. And uh, David, again, these words have meant so much to me, especially when I've released Michael into ministry, when I've released Helen and Stephen into the ministry that they are in today. These are the words that I use. Know the God of your father. Have your own experiences with God. Don't depend on my faith or my experiences because they will not save you in times of crisis and adversity. I want you to hear God yourself. I want you to experience him yourself and know the depths of his love and his kindness and his goodness. That's why David said to his son, know the God I know. Serve him with a willing mind, a loyal heart. And I, I believe that no one can truly serve God with a willing mind and a loyal heart without this experiential knowledge. David gives us the key which leads us to this experiential knowledge with God when he said to Solomon, listen to what he said to him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And Stephen beautifully last week explained to us what it means to seek God with the whole heart. He did a whole expository uh, lecture on, on Proverbs chapter 4. God speaking through Jeremiah said the same thing to his people. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. We can no longer, folks, rely on other people's faith or experiences. The days we are living in are dangerous, difficult, adverse, volatile. We cannot rely on our parents' faith or experiences. We cannot even rely on our pastor's faith or knowledge of God. We need to receive our own experiential knowledge. And we need to stand on our own faith and our own personal testimony. David said, my soul follow hard after thee, Lord, and thy right hand upholds me. And then he, he, he again testified, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. In closing, I want to admonish you. What is that one thing that you love and desire more than anything else? What are you pursuing? Who are we seeking? And I want to conclude my message this morning to what the Lord said to me as I prepared this message. He said, 
when you come to the place where you value my presence far more than anything else in your life then i will fill you with myself to overflowing and wherever you go you will be known as a man or a woman who loves god and loves people many he said will be drawn to you not because of who you are but because of who you carry and many lives will be touched healed and restored it is my presence that restores lives heals relationships opens the eyes of the blind and binds up the brokenhearted therefore seek my presence above all else learn to host to submit to my presence who lives within you the one who walks with you and the one who desires intimacy and fellowship with you more than anything else in the pursuit of my presence you will find true life fulfillment and all you will ever need and all you will ever desire the psalmist said in psalm 16 verse 11 in your presence lord is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore just as job said if they obey and serve him they shall spend their days in prosperity and the years in pleasures let's pray heavenly father thank you for making yourself available to us through jesus christ our lord thank you for paying such a high and terrible price on the cross of calvary so that we may find entrance into your bosom into your heart enjoy fellowship and intimacy with you and get to taste and experience of the greatness of your love your compassion your mercy your forgiveness and your goodness thank you for restoring our lives through jesus and blessing us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and this is my prayer and my request lord that supernaturally you will place a divine hunger and thirst in our soul that would never be satisfied or quenched until we find the fullness of your presence and enjoy you more than anything else that this world has to offer us thank you father for your presence today and thank you for the richness of your anointing upon our lives through jesus christ our lord i pray for our spiritual family wherever they may be here or abroad that you may father protect them that you may divinely fill them with the knowledge that comes from these personal experiences with you that they may learn to obey you that they may, may learn to pursue and follow you all the days of their lives so they may come to enjoy the fullness of who you are in jesus precious and wonderful name amen and amen over to you michael
Dad, thank you for that powerful word. There's, there's something that you said right at the end that really jumped out in my heart. And I want to just put the magnifying glass on that one statement. You said this, the pursuit of my presence in the, sorry, in the pursuit of my presence, you will find life. And, you know, many of us have this idea that the presence of God is a destination. You go to church, you have worship there. The presence of God is. But the presence of God is not a destination. The presence of God is the journey. It's in the pursuit that the presence of God finds manifestation. It's as we search, as we give our hearts to him and to following and pursuing him, that we have words, that we experience his power, that our hearts are touched and changed. And folks, I just want to encourage you. I think one thing that I've experienced in my life that I think has come out so much since the beginning of this year. I mean, we're in August now. The one thing, that message that I just hear over and over in my heart, over and over as we minister on Sundays, whether it's me or Andreas or Stephen, whoever is talking, is this idea of intimacy with God, experiences with God that nobody else can do for us. No one else can do it for us. And when we're not having them, we end up stagnating. And so I want to encourage you, you know, allow this word to penetrate your heart. You know, maybe you even need to take a moment after the sermon to go and go to your diary and do what you have to do to make some plans to do what what you need to do to address the issues of the heart, to acknowledge perhaps where you are comfortable, acknowledge where you are satisfied with so much less than everything God has for you. Because it's only when we do that that we can truly repent and come back and receive grace and life from him. So, folks, you know, to be honest, the, I don't want to... Yes, Dan? Sorry, Michael. The times that we are living in are difficult times. They are times of adversity. And you, you, you may not be facing adversity right now, but sooner or later, in one form or another, adversity will find you. And what's going to carry you through and remain strong and remain on the path of obedience is these personal experiences with God that you've had through the years that will sustain you, that will remind you of God's faithfulness to you and your family, that will keep you on the straight and narrow. And, and that's the only thing that's going to hold you there. Because the enemy knows that his days are numbered and he's lashing out with everything that he has. And so be encouraged. God is with you and for you. And he makes himself available to us every single day. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. And when you find me, you're going to find yourself. You're going to find your purpose in life. You're going to find out why you wake up every morning. And you're going to apply yourself to do what I've called you to do. And that's where life is. That's where joy is. That's where fulfillment is. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.